Hey, how's it going? My name is Jackson Harden, and this is the second episode of At The Seams. At The Seams is a podcast that is all about exploring the Bible and just learning more about it as a whole. This episode is going to be a continuation of last episode. Last episode, we talked about Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 24, and Paul discusses how our identity has changed in Christ. He mentions that we used to be ruled by our flesh and our desires, but that in Christ, we no longer have to be ruled by those things. He talks about how we are putting off our old self that is being corrupted, and we are putting on our new self that is uh, made by God and given to us from God. Jesus became the human that we couldn't become, and therefore we live in light of that, and our identity is now found in Him. So that's what uh, the first episode was all about. And something that I mentioned a lot and repeated a lot in the first episode was that it's not about our behavior change. And that's true. The whole point of the passage was for us to realize that we have been changed on the inside, that we've been given something new, and that Christ has made us new. But even though it's not mainly and primarily about our behavior change, our behavior still changes. Our behavior changes as a result of the change that was made inside of us. And that's what Paul's going to talk about for the rest of this uh, passage, which is Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 32. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how this new identity that we've been found in changes the way we live. So if you want to open up your Bibles, we'll be in Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 32. And it says, uh, Paul starts off, he says, therefore, um, so first of all, therefore, He's talking about in light of everything we've just discussed about how our identity has changed. And now that we know the gospel, we no longer live how we once did, but we live differently. Right? We're putting off our old self and we're putting on our new self. So he says, verse 25, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we all are members of one body. In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their hands. That they must have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So while we were reading that, you might be thinking, yeah, that sounds a lot like the do's and don'ts of Christianity, right? That sounds a lot like the thou's and the thou shalt nots, but it's a lot deeper than that. Uh, If we look at verse 32, the last verse, He says, uh, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And that's kind of the whole point, right? We're supposed to replicate how God acted. Now that we've been changed, we live that out. He gives a lot of examples of different scenarios in life where we've been changed. So he starts off and he says, "Um, each of you put off falsehood and speak truth. What does lying do? Right, lying... All it's doing is trying to cover up a reality that makes us look good, right? The reason we lie is because we don't want others to know the bad things that we do. So what's lying do? Lying is protecting yourself, but telling the truth is being vulnerable. See, now that we put our identity in Christ, it's no longer about us. 
So since it's no longer about us, therefore we don't lie, right? That's no longer how we live. Second, he talks about being angry and not sinning. Now, he doesn't say that being angry is a sin, right? There's certain times where it's okay to be angry, right? It's actually good to be angry. You know, if someone's being abused, if something's going on in church that's not right, then yeah, you have a right and a responsibility even to be angry. But what he talks about is acting out on that anger and and dealing with it, not just letting it sit and fester and make things worse. And then he goes on to stealing. Um, So stealing, again, it's all about yourself. It's all about what I can gain. But instead, he says, do things, right? Work so that you can share with others. See, since our identity is changed from us and all about me, and now it's in Christ and all about him and what I can do for him, it changes everything. You know, it it doesn't only change us inside, but therefore our actions change as well. And so since it's not just about, yeah, our behavior changes, yeah, it's deeper than that. It's about us changing as a whole, and therefore, as a result of that, our behavior does change. He then talks about unwholesome talk, and only to talk in ways that build others up. And then I like how he says, so that it may benefit those who listen. See, when we talk down to people, the only reason we do that is because it makes us feel better. But now he says, don't have any unwholesome talk, only things that build others up. It's no longer about you. It's not about what you want, but it's about others and what they need. It's building others up. And since our identity has changed, our behavior changes in that as well. And finally, he finishes off by talking about grieving the Holy Spirit. And how we grieve the Holy Spirit is by doing all of these things. When we live against the will of the Holy Spirit, when we live contrary, as, as Paul said, in, uh, if you go back to the first episode, Paul talks about living as the Gentiles do, right? If you live like your former self did and you seek your own pleasures, yeah, that grieves the Holy Spirit. And he finishes by saying to forgive others as God forgave you. See, Paul is telling us that since we are loved by God and we've been forgiven by God, therefore we love others and we forgive others. Since we're loved, we love. And this love looks like, to use Paul's examples, not lying and not stealing and not breaking others down with our speech, but what God would want and what the Holy Spirit wants from us. Now that we've been changed, we live differently. I'd like to go to James 2, verses 14 through 19. And it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But anyone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well, even the demons believe and shudder. So what James is saying here is that real faith, when you really put your faith in Jesus, your actions change. Right? Works follow faith. Now that doesn't mean that works save you, because it's still, by grace you have been saved through faith. But faith is accompanied by works. Right? When you're really changed on the inside, when you've put your faith in Jesus, 
then your life follows suit with that. Somebody wise once told me, don't put the cart in front of the horse. And I think that really applies to this situation. You see, don't put behavior change and works in front of faith and the change that's made inside of you. See, it's important first and foremost to realize, yeah, I've been changed and that Christ has changed me. And it wasn't anything that I did. It wasn't how good I could be that saved me. But now that I am changed, and now that I live for someone else other than myself, my actions change due to that. We live like Christ in response to the change that was made in us by Christ. See, now that our thoughts and desires have changed, our actions follow. So, as Paul would say, put off your old self. I challenge you daily to find those things, to find those corrupt desires that you still have to live for yourself and realize that, man, I don't have to live like that anymore. You know, realize that you've been given a new self. Remind yourself of your new identity. Remind yourself that it's no longer about you, but now you live for Christ. And that means that you don't have to live by those same desires that once haunted you. It's beautiful. It's a really encouraging passage, and I challenge you to go read it on your own. Um, So yeah, now that our identity has changed, let our behaviors follow right behind that and change as well. I hope that this passage was able to challenge you today. I know that for me, this is a passage that I like to go back to a lot because it challenges me to think about, you know, what am I putting my identity in and how am I living and does that follow with my identity? So thank you for listening. I think we're going to start uploading probably maybe three times a week, maybe like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Or no, no, no. How about Tuesday? Wait, wait. Yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. I think that's what I want to decide on. So yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday are, I think are what we're going to try to start doing. But uh, yeah, so stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you guys for listening, and God bless.